0: Well, this morning, my message is, how long is a day? How long is a day? Now, it appears to be a simple question, right? It's 24 hours. Or, it's 1,440 minutes, and I didn't do the seconds, but if you want to, you can. So we often think that that's, okay, that's a day, but, you know... On Christmas Eve, I think some of the um, children find that day very long, <laughs> waiting for Christmas to arrive, all right? So we think of, uh, if you've been to the hospital and had x-rays, it's a long time till they call you with the results, okay? Or perhaps it's, uh, the, for some of us, the days just fly by. It was just Sunday yesterday, wasn't it? You know, and others, it's like, Wow. It seems like forever since last Sunday, <laughs> so it you know it just kind of goes with you know our attitude about where we're at in our time time frame. Um, Whatever we were, uh, we COVID, we were exposed to someone who was uh, who had COVID, and we were fourteen days quarantined. Oh, I don't know how Rhonda put up with me. I was going to say it the other way, but I might get things thrown at me. You know, but, uh, but uh, you know how that goes. <laughs> you know, we have these time periods and time frames that, that we are looking at. And whether or not we're, sometimes whenever we're working every day, it seems like the work will never end. And sometimes when we're off, it seems like we'll never work again. So how long is a day? Well, if you want to know, the first clock was invented in 1656, in case you're really interested. And his name was a Christian, and I don't know how to pronounce it, it's H-U-Y-G-E-N-S. So, anyhow, that was when the first clock was invented, and it was a pendulum. You know, so that's why those old grandfather clocks, you know, they're still around. But that was the, that was the most accurate timepiece until about 19, what is it, 1930, and that's when Timex came out. You remember Timex takes a licking and keeps on ticking. Yeah, see? It wasn't Timex. I just made that up, you know. <laughs> I thought, see, how many remember that, that commercial? You know, the guy would always come out of the water, takes a licking, and keeps on ticking. He never put it on the railroad track, but... Uh. <laughs> well, in case you are wondering, the first sundial... 3,500 B.C., in case, you know, you wanted to know. And also, the Romans were the first group of individuals that changed or made the day into 12 hours, divided into a 12-hour period. So how long is a day? Well, let's look at 2 Timothy 1.9. He has saved us and called us to a holy life, not because of anything we have done, but because of his own purpose and grace, This grace was given us in Christ before the beginning of time. Oh. So before there was a mechanism (laughs) to tell time, now, remember, mechanism is not a pendulum clock or a sundial. Before there was a sun and a moon, (laughs) before there were planets in place to be able to tell time, it was a God had called us to a holy life, so it was already in place you, th- you know and I, I really I guess i 'm um, conscious of that. I think about it that before everything, before the beginning began that 's what John one one somewhere in there John did before the beginning began, God is, <laughs> and so when we think about the the, the importance of what God has initiated he started it before there was ever anything created so before the beginning began God called you and I to a holy life before the beginning began back in eternity past when there was no time and there was no mechanisms in the sky the sun and the moon and the stars God declared that he called you to be his child by his grace and his mercy and it wasn't anything, on our own, anything that we have done or on our own purpose. So when God is looking at our life, He sees people that He loves. I belong to you. We've been marked, we've been called, we've been, uh, we spoke about this, about the Holy Spirit as the guarantor that God is going to do this. You know, and, and I, I like that idea of a guarantor. Yes. Come on down. <laughs> yes. Okay, you don't have to do much. You can just stand come a little six feet. There you go. Alright, see so six feet apart. Okay, all right. Now, a guarantor is I am giving this beautiful object as a guarantee that I will bless you with. Well, I can't... Flowers at the end of the service. <laughs> so all you have to do is turn that in, and that, that guarantee is going to say you get, uh, you get flowers at the end of the, the... You get the poinsettias at the end of the service. So she has a guarantee that that belongs to her. One of those flowers belongs to her. You Got that? No, I'm not getting it now. You're not leaving yet. <laughs> so, but the idea is the Holy Spirit is God's guarantor his guarantee that he will give to us what he has promised. So that is a guarantee of my promise to you that one of those poinsettias will be yours. Is that like those TV shows? Yeah, okay. You got to jump up and down and be excited, you know. Not really. Thank you very much. You keep that as a guarantor. Okay, you got to keep that. But not all the time. You have to turn it in. (laughs) So... But we don't often think of a guarantee that it's a legal binding document. It was like, as if I had given a, a signed contract, but making it, you know, in the, old, in the Hebrew culture, in the witness of two or three individuals, it was law. It was, it, you know, if, if there was something happened and three people saw it, it's what it was. And more than three people saw it, so that's my guarantee. She gets flour. flower. So, the Holy Spirit in our lives, when we confess Christ as our Savior, that is the guarantee, the guarantor, that what God has promised, written contract, signed as a legal document, God will fulfill His purpose in our life. That He has called us to a holy life by His grace. (laughs) By His grace. And what is His grace? the divine favor of God upon our life. And God put this in place before there were planets to tell time, before the sun and the moon and the stars. So before time existed, God's grace was designed, given to your life. Okay? You belong to him. I belong to Jesus. Okay? You ready? Ready? Everyone, say this. I belong to Jesus. That's right. I belong to Jesus. He is mine and I am his. There's a whole declaration that we can do on this, but I'll save it for another day. But just the idea that we belong to Him, we belong to God because He's the one who initiated the process. I didn't find God, God has been calling me, and I responded. You know, they say that people don't answer their phones anymore. How many don't answer your phone till it goes to the voicemail and you find out who it is? (laughs) Yeah, Uh, you know, if they don't have a message, I don't have to call them back. But I don't answer the phone anymore because I'm tired of finding out this is the last call. This is your last chance. Will you guarantee me that this is the last time you'll call me if I answer? No, it just means that everybody else will start calling you because you were fool enough to answer the call, phone call. It goes into the computer, and the computer says, these people answer their phone. Psalm 90. So how long is the day? Well, we haven't got there yet. We're on our way, though. Psalm 90, verse 1. This is the prayer of Mo- Moses. And it begins with, My Lord, you have been our home forever and ever. That's a long time long time (laughs) without boundaries forever and ever so Moses is declaring God has been our home our dwelling place forever and ever you were God before the mountains were born before the earth and the worlds were made so Moses, in his 2200 BC, whenever he wrote this, he believed that God is the creator of the universe, and it was creation, and it wasn't something that a collection of dust particles became a planet. You have always been and always will be God, forever and ever. Wow. God has no ending. God has no ending. <laughs> Beginning or ending. I put them together there. God has no beginning. He has no ending. So Hebrews 11.3. I didn't give this one to you, Terry. Um, Through faith, we understand that the worlds were formed by the word of God. So Moses understood this 2200 BC. What was written in our New Testament uh, by... We're not sure who wrote uh, the book of Hebrews. But it was declared there the world... Were made, was made and formed by the word of God. So whenever we hear that you belong to me, say, coming from Jesus, the word of God that spoke the world into existence speaks his word of affirmation to us. <laughs> that he wants to affirm that you, you belong to him. And he put this in place before there was planets, before there was a sun, moon, stars, to be able to calculate days and time. So, you bring people into this world, goes on verse 3, you bring people into this world and you change them into dust again. Well, we say, well, that's not very good. Well, think about it. We're born, we live a hundred years, life departs and our bodies left and what's left of it after periods of time. Dust just disappears, dissipates. So a lifetime of a person is so mere dust. So how long is a day? Verse 4. To you, a thousand years is like yesterday, like a few hours in the night. So in eternity, God is letting us know that a thousand years is a day. A day is a thousand years. And we think about this. I mean, it could be stated it could be a million years. But the reason for that is there is no time in eternity because there is no rising of the sun or the setting of the sun. There is no moon. All of that goes away as we studied in the book of Revelation. <laughs> that God creates a new heaven and a new earth when this, whole pla- when this whole place is done. And Christ is the light. God is the light of, of heaven. And it doesn't go out, it doesn't set. So there is no way to calculate time. And so time is meaningless. Time began when creation began with the sun and the moon and the stars. That's time. And then time will end whenever there is the, when God, at the, before the great white throne judgment, you know, takes the heavens away like a scroll and the earth melts. And they're all gone. So this is time. There is eternity past, there is eternity future, and this is time. So our life is like a dream in the midst of time. It's like a dream that ends when the morning comes. We are like grass. So this psalm then that speaks to us people, that life as we understand it, even if it's 100 years, is brief, and the value of each day. Hmm. So how many days are wasted in our, did you know that a cat, you ready for this, you cat lovers? A cat that is 10 years old has slept for seven years. (laughs) It is true, I heard it. It was on the news. There was some one of them things, you know? It's got to be true. <laughs> They're all, yeah, the fake news, I don't know. But, but you know, they sleep all the time. You know, what's, where do you, where's the cat? Oh, he's sleeping. You call the cat, where is it? He's sleeping. You know, when do they, well, you know you have a, my, we have a relative, they have a cat. They never see the thing. They only know that it's alive because the food's gone. I mean, that's a pet. <laughs> Food's gone. I guess he's still alive. You know? What good is a pet that you can't see? You know? Well, I know it's doing something. Yeah, it's eating and, you know, there's stuff in the box. So, <laughs> so whenever we think about time, we think about, we think about moments, days, so, verse 8, verse 6 is, um, we are like grass, that's the end of verse 5, and that grows and looks so fresh in the morning, and by evening it is die, dry and dying. So, the idea is he's letting us know of the brevity of time, that we could live a hundred years, but it's still a brief time in light of eternity, where there is no time. <laughs> in light of a thousand years, you know, 100 years is oh it's a significant point but not that but not that significant verse 7 says god your anger could destroy us your anger frightens us so we would all immediately think well, god's god's angry he's going to get us and he's going to punish us in this short brief period of time god is angry at sin <laughs> why is god angry at sin god is angry at sin because it robs us of his presence. (laughs) He loves us so much, he doesn't want anything to keep us from receiving his goodness and his love, his provisions. You see, so whenever we pray and ask for God's blessing, whenever we pray and ask for God's guidance, when we pray and believe that God is going to work in our life, what we are doing is wanting God to be involved in our life. Sin in our life is saying, oh, You know, puts up the barriers. And God is angry at sin. He's angry at the things that would keep us from his blessing. He is so upset with sin and Satan and his fallen angels, he has given them a sentence of eternal damnation in hell's fire forever and ever. That's pretty angry. God isn't angry at us. He's angry at the things we allow in our life to keep him from being involved. (laughs) He's not out to punish us. Why? Because we belong to him. And when did he start this? When did I start? Well, I started believing in Jesus whenever I was. No. God, in his (laughs) framework, said that before there was time, before there was anything created, I loved you and had my grace given to you. The divine, my divine favor is upon your life before there was a beginning. Before the beginning began, God is. Your anger can end our life. Our lives fade away like a whisper. So, you know, I was thinking about that verse. Do you ever notice that... Uh, When a baby's born, well, we have announcements. We give out uh, packs of gum. (laughs) They give out cigars. There's birth announcements. There's all this announcement. But then, at the end of life, and, you know, I spend a lot of time with people at the end of their life, we say, well, they've passed. It's a whisper. (laughs) And it's, it's interesting that our lives fade away like a whisper. It's like we want to be silent at this. It's a period of mourning. It's a period of conclusion. But when we see that we, our lives are about 70 years or 80 years or 100 years, but most of them are filled with hard work and pain, then suddenly the years are gone and we fly away. It doesn't say that we perish, we fly away. That everything that is life in us goes to heaven, goes to be with God. And so the life in us is eternal. And the eternal life that God began in us was way back here before there was a beginning. He created us with the the intent to live forever. (laughs) No one really knows the full power of your anger. Verse 11, God's anger at sin. But our fear and our, res- and our respect for you is greater than, is as great, great as your anger. Meaning that as angry as God is at sin should be our, a, a, a barometer or a way of measuring our love for God. <laughs> because God doesn't want anything to come between us. That's why he wants us to Pray. That's why he wants us to know the promises. Okay, what should I pray about? Okay, what are the promises that God has placed in the Scripture that are good for us, that are good for our lives? He will will withhold no good thing. That's a pretty good, that's a good idea. He will withhold no good thing. So, whatever we are praying, we are looking at the Word of God and looking at the Scriptures and the blessings of God and the provisions that God has for us And as we know those things, it inspires us in how we should be praying. Why? Because we belong to him, and he wants to bring those into our life, so he wants us to pray. And our prayers are part of uh, this belonging. Because you have not because you asked not. And some people pray because they ask amiss. (laughs) They don't have because they missed what it is that God's trying to do. You know? Been praying that I'd get a million dollars. Well, not really a million, just 990 million. You know. <laughs> well, why so much? Well, I figure I could give 10% to the church and maybe give you a few, you know, you know a little cash here and there. <laughs> but you see, you're praying amiss, David, you know. We're, what are we thinking about? God is thinking about you. That's what's on his mind. God is thinking about you. So verse 4, a thousand years is as a day. And verse 12, teach us how short our lives are so that we can be wise. Verse 12, teach us how short our lives are so that we can become wise. It isn't that we have a thousand years as a day in eternity. It's that each day we have is a day of God's grace and mercy and blessing that we could be wise in the, in the handling and the dealing with our daily lives. So how long is a day? Well, just said, 1,000 years is a day, 24 hours is a day. Teach us to use wisely all the time that we have. And then I went to Isaiah. This, was a, this is one of those other verses that kind of jump in there for me. It's Isaiah 43:19, but I'll read that and then go back to verse 16 and fill it in. 43:19 says, "See, I am doing a new thing." Now it springs up, "Do you not perceive it? I'm making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland." Now that sounds like a really good promise, right? So you want to know what to pray? Look at the scriptures that speak to us about promise. Okay? So here is verse 16. Isaiah declares this, okay? This, this is, Isaiah is saying, okay, this is the one who puts this in place. I am the Lord, your holy God, Israel's creator and king. So Isaiah's laying out the framework here. Of course, you've, there's more that we can build on that in the, in the, in the scriptures and in the text, but we're going to just start with this. God is saying to us, Isaiah is saying to us, um, this is God's, presentation, I am God, I am holy, I am the creator, I am the king, I am the one who's called Israel to be my children. All right? Verse 16. I am the one who cut a path through the mighty ocean. Anybody have an idea where this might be going? I sent an army to chase you with chariots and horses. Now they lie dead, unable to move. They are like an oil lamp with the flames snuffed out. What's he talking about? Children of Israel leaving, Israel, leaving Egypt. And he brings them to the Red Sea <laughs> and Pharaoh's, you know, Moses, you know, Charlton, Heston, Moses. <laughs> Red Sea opens up, what happens? They go across on dry land. What a great time. Pharaoh's army chases him into the Red Sea, and Pharaoh's army is gone. Then what does Isaiah say next? Forget the past. Forget the past. Did you know the greatest hindrance to our future is our past successes? (laughs) Because we're constantly looking back, well, how can I compete with yesterday's success? You know, sometimes it's yesterday's failures, but most of the time, whenever we're successful, we will look at the successes that we had, and it's almost like it's a burden that we can never achieve that again. I like the one guy's expression. He says, when I finally reached the top of the, you know, I kept climbing to the top of the ladder. And when I got to the top of the ladder, I found out it was against the wrong building. (laughs) So, (laughs) that's a John Maxwell case you're looking, wondering. You know, so we're always trying to be successful, but God is saying about our success, don't look back. So God is telling the children of Israel, don't look back because, verse 18, forget what happened long ago. Don't think about the past. I am creating something new. There it is. Do you see it? I have put roads in the desert and streams in the thirsty land. This is speaking, Isaiah is speaking to the children of Israel that are in Babylon. They've been there 70 years. And now it is time for them to come home. And he's telling the children of Israel that are in Babylon: Do you remember when the children of your ancestors left Egypt and went through the Red Sea? Forget about it. I'm doing something even better for you. I'm putting roads in the desert, and I'm putting water in the desert. (laughs) Amen. Thank you. So when we start thinking about this, we start putting together how that God, not only our successes, but how that it inspires us to know, because often we look back, well, this is what God did in the past So he can do it in the future. He can do it now and in the future. But sometimes the past gets in the way of the present. (laughs) Years ago, people would talk about, well, I remember when. (laughs) I remember when this happened in in, in the church. I remember this revival. And you read in church history, there was always these revivals. These times of the outpouring of the Holy Spirit and and we would like to have those again and you know i always always kind of was caught off guard when people would say you know while well, this what god did now just isn't like what he did back then it's like forget about the past god is doing something now in the present in your life let the past go good or bad Look to God's presence because he is, just as he opened the Red Sea for the children of Israel leaving Egypt, he's making a road in the desert for those leaving Babylon. (laughs) The same power that made a way in the sea can make a way in the wilderness and will force its passage through great difficulties, that the great difficulties that lie before us are not the things of which we are to be afraid, but the things by which we are to be inspired. It isn't how bad it is. It isn't how good it is. It's how great God is. And we have an opportunity to see the hand of God working in our lives. So how long is a day? Well, today is the day of salvation. Today is a day that God is at work in our lives. Today is a day that belongs to our Father. And he has allowed us to share the relationship with him so that his blessing can be upon us. The enemies of our soul, they're like Pharaoh's army. Did you know that the children of Israel going through the Red Sea, the walls of the Red Sea... Were their protection. Because Pharaoh's army couldn't circle them and get in front of them. They could only follow them. And that when Pharaoh was blinded by the concept that he was as great a god as the God of the Egyptian, as the God of Israel, (laughs) he lost everything. Satan is blinded. By greed and hatred and bitterness and strife. And all we got to do is keep believing and walking with God in the path that He has opened before us. And we will go through on dry ground and the barriers around us, the walls that seem to be, they don't fall in on us, they don't cave in on us. They're erected there, keep the enemy from trying to get in front of us. Because the enemy can't get in front. Because God, before the beginning of time, put His grace and mercy on our lives, and we have accepted it. (laughs) So I am doing, God is doing, a new thing. So, how long is a day? It is long enough to accomplish God's purpose. He has a purpose for our life for each day. God thought of you before time began before there was a sun and moon, before there was an ability to understand day and night, God thought of you. Teach us to number our days. We only have so many of them. So every day is a gift. It comes wrapped in God's presence. And whenever we find God and allow God's presence to be part of each day, we find that there's a path before us. The enemy can't get in front of us. God walks before us. Eternity? <laughs> a thousand years is as is a day. We'll not be preoccupied with what time is it? <laughs> Preacher, it's almost time for you to quit, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. But how long is time? time? Time is really just something that we measure to put, to maybe put pressure or relief or whatever. But God doesn't look at things in a, seri- in a series of moments. He looks at time as an, as an eternal picture. To God, there is no memory. To God, there is no seeing into the future. To God, it is all knowledge. Set before him. And set before him, before the beginning of time, is you and I in this moment. And it is his blessing and his moment and his grace that is the unmerited favor, the divine favor of God was set in place for us before time began. It was set in place for us now. So do not allow time to chase you away from his presence. So what, how long is time? It's a moment in which we pause to say thank you to God because I belong to him. Amen? I belong to Jesus. Let's say it. I belong to Jesus. That's what time it is. Father, we thank you that your blessing is upon our life. We thank you. There is no time like the present. And God, we are aware of the many difficulties in our world and in our society. But God, we in this moment pray pray your promise to protect the good, to protect the righteous, God to protect us from evil and from its deadly desires. For God, just as Pharaoh was led into the Red Sea, so Lord, evil is led into this place where it will be destroyed. So, Lord, we thank you for your promise. We thank you for the strength that is ours through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Thank you that in the name of Jesus, Lord, we turn it into your hands to handle for us. This we pray in Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. And what time is it? It is time for Jesus. (laughs) Amen. God bless you.